We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it is August 26th, it's 2019, and we have seven baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Hope everyone had an awesome weekend. I know a lot of people are doing their season-long drafts, getting ready for football season, but we're back talking some baseball today. I'm joined by my buddy Jordan Cooper. Blenderhead, how are you doing, my friend? It would have been a so much better Sunday if I had a lineup in the big field GPP on DK that was in sixth place, and in the span of four minutes, three guys in that lineup were, were, were pinch hit for. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> um i don't i didn't play baseball i don't typically like i didn't even have nascar this weekend i still made uh like xfinity and truck lineups but it was a weekend of my wife telling me that i need to get the baby room ready so um it was like the last weekend before i start traveling again and um yeah so i I did a lot of baby stuff we had the baby shower this weekend like it was all about that this weekend for me and I, i i looked at baseball a little bit. I had a couple fantasy drafts and like they were at Winghouse and Hooters and stuff. So like I watched some games um, and my Gators won. So it was a good weekend. I hope you at least stacked the furniture. 
Oh, no. no. Because it is optimal to stack. I stacked the Gators. Okay. I finished second in a GPP in the showdown slate. Like, um, yeah. So that that happened. (laughs) I I knew what you were getting at, but... Um, if you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com. Check out our sponsor. They're an awesome sponsor of the podcast. Um, love, love what they're doing with the rake free DFS and, uh, ready to get grinding over there on football. Um, if you haven't checked them out, like I said, make sure you sign up through the Rotor Grinders links. That way you get three months of Rotor Grinders premium, uh, for fantasy draft once you make your first deposit and playing over there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for football to start, but I'm, I'm ready to get back on the baseball grind like every Monday. And um, congratulations to E. Hafner taking down the FanDuel Championship. One of the nicest guys, one of the most humble guys in the industry. I've known him for a long time. And um, congrats to him. I think it's awesome that um, one of the OGs, one of the old guys took it down. So um, you ready to get started on this one? Um, We got Pittsburgh and Philly. We got Joe Musgrove against Jason Vargas. Nine and a half total. Vargas is a 136 favorite. Uh, Any interest here in Musgrove? Well, it's, it's a Musgrove slate, and they're going to price him at 6 Uh He could do really well or really badly. Uh, I think my interest in Musgrove, obviously, at that cheap of a price, he can go seven innings. He can pitch 100 pitches. So I got to at least look at him. Uh, if Bryce Harper is back from paternity leave, I mean, there's a left-handed bat that I have to be worried about. He's getting a ballpark downgrade. The Phillies have a 5 point one implied run total, but we'll also see on this slate. It's only a seven-game slate, and uh, the two pitchers that you may want to play combined uh, really kind of limits the bats that you could play, especially as a stack, unless, you, unless you're going to go full vomit like I do. So I could see Musgrove getting some ownership just to save some salary, and I could also see the same for Jason Vargas. Yeah, Um I think Musgrove's in play. I think we all can agree that Sonny Gray is the SP1 today that you want to have that you're paying up for. Like, there is, in in my opinion, there is a giant gap on this slate between Sonny Gray and the next guy. So, when you were talking about pitchers, I just want to make it clear really fast that, like, if you're paying up for Sonny Gray, SP2 is all over the place today. There's a bunch of different ways you can approach it. You can take up a lot of salary and potentially go to like a May or a Keller or you can pay down. And so I think Musgrove is worth looking at. You know, you mentioned maybe Harper's back. Maybe he's not. Hopefully he's not back if you're playing Musgrove. They did say Sunday or Monday, so there's a good chance that he's back for this game. Ballpark downgrade. He's in play. Not my favorite option. Um, There's a guy in the 7K range that I like more. But, you know, again, you don't feel great about it because (laughs) – um because it's joe musgrove yeah it's it's joe musgrove um vargas on the other side of this game it really depends on what pittsburgh lineup they roll out there because they do have some decent bats against lefties but right now the lineup that they're rolling out against lefties isn't great and he's another guy that's semi-cheap at 7900 that i think you could potentially look at here yeah i mean typically we like to attack the pirates uh with lefties because the the right the the their their best bats other than Starling Marte really bat better against righties, but the thing is is that the Pittsburgh stack with the righties in is actually cheaper than the one with the lefties in, and Vargas is a fly ball pitcher pitching in Philly, so I could see 
uh, playing Pirates here, as well as I could see playing Vargas. The problem with Vargas is that he's 7,900, and, like, he's not enough of a discount off of May for 600 that I feel like, like I could upgrade, like, one bat a bit. And is it worth it for, like, what is Vargas' strikeout upside? Now, it may be a limited power lineup for Pittsburgh, but it may not be the best strikeout lineup for Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, I hear you. And the problem with Vargas in general, like, he just doesn't strike people out. Like, that's the biggest issue with Vargas. Like, and, and, you know, you mentioned the stack. Let's talk some Pittsburgh bats here when we're looking at it, you know, Obviously, like Josh Bell is always the, the guy you know you're you're including in your stacks just because he has two home run upside. What else are we looking at here potentially for Pittsburgh? Well, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to play Starling Marte at fifty six hundred. So if you want to play like a nice two percent owned one off, I mean, he is a he's a what a jack in a bag potential against yeah. against Vargas. That's what they call it in the biz, jack in a bag. Yeah. But the thing is, is that like on a slate where you want to pay up at SP1, if they run out this right-handed lineup and they have like a Pablo Reyes at second base for 2,900, Stallings at catcher for 3,000, I mean, Eric Gonzalez at shortstop at 2,900, like taking one or two of these guys with three of their better bats, uh, I mean, I know Big T will say never stack against Vargas, but... All of his metrics show that, like, he's a much worse pitcher than his baseline is. So, like, the Pirates are not going to be well-owned on this slate. Uh, Vargas isn't going to be that well-owned either, so it's not, like, the hugest of leverage plays. But I could see making it as a very, like, contrarian big field GPP type of play. So my favorite catcher on the slate is Stallings if he's in there. Like, in a small sample, he's shown a ton of ability to not strike out. He has zero walks against lefties this season. Only an 8% soft contact rate with a 54% hard hit rate. Like, he's hit the ball hard against lefties. And he's a massive ground ball hitter. So, like, I don't typically like to play him because he's playing in Pittsburgh and he's a ground ball guy. He is a getting a ballpark upgrade and he's facing a fly ball pitcher. So, I think that if, you, if you're looking at a catcher, 3K, not typically where I like to be. I like to be at 2K, but – you know, when we're saving his money at catcher, I think Stallings is one of the best catcher plays on the slate. So glad you brought him up. Um, Ozuna, you know, he's kind of in that like range, like mid tier range where you're probably going to find some better options, but he brings a lot of power against lefties. So I don't mind him. Um, I'm more likely to play one or two than a five man of Pittsburgh, but I, I definitely don't like, I definitely don't mind looking at some of these cheaper guys if they crack the lineup, like, a six, seven, two man stack of Stallings and, and Reyes to make my pitching situation work is certainly something I'll look at. Um, as far as the Philadelphia side of things, when we look at Joe Musgrove, we know that Joe Musgrove is a guy that struggles uh, with left-handed hitters. Um, his strikeout rate drops a lot. His hard hit rate's pretty much the same against both sides, but what are we looking at here when it comes to Philadelphia? Well, it's kind of weird to say, but I prefer the Philly stack if Harper is not back, only because it makes it cheaper. If it's not going to be that cheap, it's also going to be lower owned. You're going to find this slate that unless you punt at, at SP2 or you don't play Sonny Gray, that paying a 24K stack size is, is, is just not going to work. 
So, like, I, I would want to play Corey Dickerson, but he's 4,700. I'd want to play Harper, but he's 5,200. Hoskins isn't horrible at that 4,300. Real Muto is expensive at catcher. So, like, in a non-Sunny Gray build, I could see the stack working out. But, like, I'd much rather see, like, I want, like, Cesar Hernandez batting first. Like, yeah, and then, okay, I could get a $3,700 second baseman. Or, like, I could even, if, if Hazley cracks the lineup, taking him as, like, the one-off that gets the home run off of Mar- Musgrove. It's just going to be very hard to stack this team, especially with Romuto being such an expensive catcher and them putting up enough runs unless he goes the full Musgrove. Um, a couple other guys that I wanted to mention, more Fanduel plays, Brad Keller and – not Brad Keller, Brad Miller and Logan Morrison. They're 2K and 2,100. They're almost bare minimum over there on Fanduel that – if they are if they're in the lineup, they're interesting. You got to use a first base spot and a third base spot, but with that utility spot over there on Fanduel, um, two cheap lefties in Philadelphia against Musgrove, um, they're they're worth looking at. Miller is cheap enough, I think, on DraftKings too that you can play him over there. But Logan Morrison, more of a Fanduel play only. Min salary on Fanduel can play two first basemen. Uh, that's where I would look at him. So. Uh, St. Louis at Milwaukee. We got a nine and a half total here. Adam Wainwright against Gio Gonzalez. Um, you know, Gio's a one thirty six favorite here. Any interest in Wainwright? Uh, other than the fact that he may be two percent on this slate at ninety six hundred on DraftKings facing lefties, he's a his splits against lefties are not good, and he's going to face a whole bunch of power guys getting a ballpark downgrade in Milwaukee, and the Brewers have a five point one implied run total so like uh if you want to make the case that he's no one's going to play him uh sure but there's a reason why no one's going to play him at 9600 my favorite sack on the slate by far is the brewers and it's going to be really hard to make it work and we'll get to that in just a minute when we talk about these hitters because of pricing but they're by far my favorite team today um geo gonzalez on the other side of this game you know, Gio's a guy that always has a little bit of upside because of his strikeouts, but he's just – he's been really struggling with limiting, you know, hard contact to righties. He's barely getting any soft contact. And this lineup, they're probably going to roll eight righties against him. So, I think I'm going to pass on Gio Gonzalez today. No, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking more into the Cardinals stack than the Brewers stack, only due to price. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, Molina's 37. Uh, Munoz should be in there. He's 37. Uh, I think that, you know, Lane Thomas could potentially draw a start here. He's 4,200. DeJong, 4,400. You know, Goldie, 4,500. One of the best first baseman plays on the slate. Like, you know, you, you can really build a St. Louis stack. And maybe you play Ozuna at 55. Maybe you play Edmund at 47. But you can build a whole St. Louis stack and not pay over 45 for anybody. Yeah, and that's why on the on the Brewers side, like these prices are, wow! You're not going to be able to play Sonny Gray. You're you're or you're playing Sonny Gray with, uh, oh, I believe is starting in Saint, in San Francisco. You're playing Derek Rodriguez. We'll get to him, but like Grandal, forty six hundred, Yelich, fifty eight hundred, Mustakas, forty eight hundred, Thames is five thousand, but even Braun and Hura, like fifty three hundred. I mean. I mean, this is – even if you play Kane leading off – now, if Grissom is, makes the lineup, it makes the stack cheaper. So I'm more on board with it. 
But I, I, I'm looking more at the Brewers as a onesie, twosie type of play. Get the two, you know, home runs off of Wainwright and think that maybe Wainwright limits enough damage that the stack doesn't make value because you're going to need the Brewers to put up a good eight-plus runs to, to pay off uh, a salary in which, like, you, the rest of your lineup is not going to look very good. Yeah, like, it's really going to be ugly if you fully stack them. I get that. Like, really, you need Kane to get the day off and get Gresham and Gamble if you're going to five-man this team. And if you do that, I think it's definitely worth looking at. But also, I think the ownership would, would be very high um, if both of those guys are in there because everybody can do it at that point because it's a lot easier to make the stack. So, I, again, I'm not going to talk anybody off of any Brewers bats. I love this spot for them. Any of the lefties here. I wish Kane did get the day off. This would be a great spot for him to get a day off and Gresham to bat lead off or gamble. Like, just just play the lefties here. So, um, all right, moving on. We're heading to Miami. We got Cincinnati at Miami. Gray and Pablo Lopez. Uh, Sonny Gray is a 164 favorite. If I was in a state where I could bet a game, I would be – pounding Sonny Gray or the Reds at only a 164 favorite here. Sonny Gray, we already kind of mentioned it. I think he's the top pitcher on the slate by a very large margin. Well, I mean, he's, he's in Miami. Ballpark, a heavy ballpark upgrade for him. Facing the Marlins, who are going to roll out a whole bunch of righties because they don't really have many lefties. Uh what can go wrong? What can go wrong? Uh, the, to me, the, 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 the only thing that I could see going wrong for Gray is that he has a low strikeout out in, like some BABIP. Like, he, he gives you 20 points. Like, but, I mean, when we talk about starting pitchers in, in, in baseball, we're going to get to some other pitchers that if you guaranteed me 20, if you guaranteed me 20 points from Wainwright, I'd take it and run to the bank. So, like, like 20 points out of your starting pitcher – Maybe good enough this slate, but I mean, obviously, Gray has the ceiling to get forty-five in this match. Yeah, um, like I, I could see Bailey and Keller potentially getting over twenty. I could see maybe May getting over twenty, but like if if Sonny Gray was the only person to score over twenty fantasy points on this slate, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I, I really, honestly, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. But love Sonny Gray. I'm playing Sonny Gray. If I make five teams, he'll be on all five teams. I'm not fading Sonny Gray today. I'm, I'm all in on Gray. Um, Pablo Lopez on the other side of this game uh, looked really good in his last rehab start through 70 pitches in six innings. He has talent. He's a young, young pitcher that has talent. I just worry about the pitch count here is my only concern because he only threw 70 pitches in his last rehab start. He's missed two months, it, more like a month and a half since he started rehabbing. I, I, at 7,400, like, I think he's a potential flyer in a tournament, and you kind of hope he gets to 85 pitches because I see some value here. Well, I just, with the pitch count, like, if I'm playing GPPs, I need the highest upside. I think Musgrove for 1,400 cheaper. It, it, the pitch count matters when it comes to prices like this. When you're 5,000, like, if you can get to 90, you have the upside. At 7,400, I need to know that, that at some point you could throw 100 pitches because unless you're, you're hyper-efficient and you're a 30K strikeout pitcher. But that's not Pablo Lopez. The Reds are a good matchup in this ballpark. I get it. But, I mean, we have guys in the 7K range 
Like I'll play Vargas. I'll play. I'll play. I'll play up a little. I'll play Alex Young. I mean Hap. I mean there are guys that are, are could throw if they have a good outing could throw a hundred pitches. I have to hope that those other guys don't have a good outing. And Pablo Lopez has one of the most efficient outings coming off of an injury. So I'd much rather, even if he's going to be all, even in six percent ownership, I'd rather those six percent just let let those guys play. Yeah, I, I get it. Um... I completely understand everything you just said. And, you know, we have a guy at 5,100 on this slate that will throw 100 pitches pitching in one of the best ballparks in baseball. So we'll get to him when we get to him um, when we get to the San Francisco game. So it's kind of interesting for me on Lopez. Um, If we get any kind of clarification on pitches, because he went from – I think he threw like 50 and he he jumped up to 70. So I I don't know. If I get some kind of pitch – limit clarification for Lopez. I might take a, a flyer on him in a tournament. Um, any Cincinnati bats that you like here? I mean, they're cheap. I mean, outside of a, of a Kino, I mean, you, you could, you could stack this team for under 20 K. So this qualifies as a vomit stack. So like, I know it's a ballpark downgrade, but like, I don't mind Van meter second base eligible at 3,500 on DraftKings. I don't mind Tucker Barnhart at 3,200. If he's batting higher in the order, uh, I mean, Dietrich is a pinch hit risk. Uh, I mean, Suarez is 3,900 and he has power. He can hit the ball 420 feet no matter what ballpark it is. Galvis at shortstop batting from the left side is fine. I mean, like they're priced enough. And I think some, I think the ownership may be lower on this because people are going to be just, even though they're not playing Lopez, they're just be like, how do I play a team with a 4.3 implied run total in Miami? And I'm more inclined to take advantage of it. I'm just hoping that uh, builds that are like gray may are not with this team. If I see tomorrow, I check ownership and the Reds ownership is higher than I expect right now. Like that has to be the, that has to be the pairing because what other stacks go along with that SB pairing. So if I am going to stack, I'm going to try to at least stay away from that starting pitching pair. Yeah, I get it. Um, the only thing about Dietrich being potentially a pinch hit risk is if Senzel misses – if he's not in the starting lineup and he's continuing to deal with this thumb injury, I think it helps his potential to play the whole game. Um, so well, I, He's I playing like, first base. What they did, they played Barnhart. Barnhart moved to first and then Farmer caught. So, like, the Reds pinch hit and double switch and everything. I can – yes, he's 3,400. I get it. I just wanted to at least point out, don't tilt like I tilted when he was one of the three people in my lineup that got subbed out in the course of four minutes. Yeah, I could see how that'd be very frustrating. Um, I have zero interest in the Mar- Marlins bat. Like, not even a head stack for me today. I'm, it's, it's, if, if Gray doesn't pitch well, he just doesn't pitch well today. Stevie. Oh, uh, you you t- you say what you want to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm, let you... I'm waiting for the uh oh. I'm waiting for the uh oh. No uh ohs. Okay, here's here's the here's the uh, their qualifiers here. I think you fade Sonny Gray if you think he has a decent outing, but like the Marlin stack doesn't make value either. And then like Gray is just as good as any other pitcher. Uh, if Gray ends up at over fifty percent ownership projected in large field GPPs, I will be considering a Marlin stack at that point. I mean, his ownership has to go up to the point 
of stupidity. And we've seen the Marlins troll in these spots before. They gave Nola a little trouble this past day. I'm not saying it's a high percentage play, but these guys are dirt cheap. Ison Diaz, Alfaro, and for heaven's sake, I hope he's not over 50% done because I do not want to break my streak of never playing Lewis Brinson. <laughs> oh, man. All right, moving on. <laughs> Oakland at Kansas City. Homer Bailey, Brad Keller, nine total. Uh, Bailey's a 150 favorite here. You know, it's Homer Bailey going up against his old team, and my only issue with Homer Bailey on, uh, today is just price. Like, I, I think it's a good matchup for him. Um, just 9,100. It's just really tough to pay 9,100 for Homer Bailey when, when I want to play Sonny Gray at all, all in today. I don't see how you build a Gray Bailey lineup because right. it's very hard to build a Gray May lineup. And I don't see a world in which, which, unless you're doing it to be contrarian, where Bailey is the SP1 on the slate. But I wouldn't call you crazy for doing it if you believe Bailey puts up a 20-point game and Gray puts up a 20-point game and it ends up being a wash and you save the 2K in salary. But that's the only case that I can make for Homer Bailey. I actually think it's not a great, the greatest of matchups other than the bottom of the Royals order. But these Royal bats are cheap enough and they have power. And Bailey is actually probably worse power-wise to righties than he is to lefties. So he's going to have to face Solaire, Merrifield, Dozier, Cuthbert even. Uh, so, like, how much upside does he have at 9,100? I'd love him if I could use him as an SP2 at, like, 7,200. But he's 9,100, and I don't see me using him that way. Brad Keller on the other side of this game, you know, I've been talking about it, and a lot of people have been talking about his velocity increase uh, recently. Velocity's up on everything he's throwing, and, you know, that's always really good, you know, especially when we're looking at strikeout numbers going from 16.9% to 20.6%. Swinging strike rate, kind of the same, but the outside swinging strike rate is up 4%. He's getting ahead in counts more than, you know, four more percent. Like, it, it's certainly, you know, the underlining numbers are, are good showing with the velocity up. Um, again, it just goes back to he's 8,800 on this slate. And it's it's tough, but the thing is, like a lot of people are going to make Sonny Gray Dustin May teams today. That uh, that's going to be, I feel like, the chalky two combo pitchers. So for three hundred dollars more, I really don't hate taking a shot on Keller in tournaments. No, I agree with you there. And you also have to realize if Chris Davis is in the Oakland lineup, you start with three strikeouts. Right. So just understand you like you you've ought you to automatically count them in. Because if you watch him swing, I don't know if he'll ever make contact with the ball anymore. <laughs> so it really depends on the like if they throw out like a Chris Herman at catcher, if they have Corbin Joseph in instead of Profar, like you add a little bit more K upside. I don't like his price at eighty eight hundred, but I don't like a lot of pitching prices today. So I could see using Keller with Gray in the vomit stack type of situation, like you said, instead of using May. Or if you're fading Gray, using two mid-range pitchers going like Keller Vargas, paying up for a stack, and just hoping Keller puts up the same amount of points as Gray. But outside of that, I mean, the pitchers are kind of overpriced in this game. And it's the fact that I prefer the cheapness of the Royals bats over the more expensiveness of the A's bats 
that makes me more likely to roster Keller than Bailey. Yeah, like a, a Keller May team actually is kind of interesting. Does that outscore like a Sonny Gray, you know, Jay Happ team or something along those lines? So, um, bats in this game, Oakland, you know, I think that you want to target more fly ball guys against Keller. He does generate ground balls. And honestly, like, I don't get too excited outside of like Olsen and maybe Kana. And just because Kana is really just, he's impressed me this year. He, he's taken a huge step in, 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 at the plate this season. So I have interest in Olsen and Kana, but you know, you kind of already said it, like, where's the discounts for Oakland going to Kansas city here? Well, technically they're getting a slight, what ballpark upgrade, I guess. I mean, I mean, I don't know why they're priced the way they are against Brad Keller. Like, I'd like Matt Chapman at, like, 4,300, not 4,700. I'd like Olsen, Saint. Like, it almost feels like they're, like, 7% too much. I mean, other than Chris – even Chris Davis feels 7% too much, and he's 3,300. So, so like, Semien at 4,800. Like, I, I'd prefer these bats if they were a little bit cheaper, but, of course, that'll lower their ownership. Uh, and if I do play A's, I believe that it'll be more of a one-off type of situation than as a stack. Um, you know, I, I know you want to talk about the Kansas City side. So, what do we, what are we liking here for Kansas City? Oh, look at these prices, DB. We're going, we're going to Costco. Uh, they only have a four point one implied run total, but Homer Bailey's a fly ball pitcher. Uh, he does worse to righties a little bit power wise, at least. Uh, but I mean, Merrifield's only forty six hundred. There's a jack in a bag. Uh, Solaire's only forty one hundred, and I mean, he's a home runner strikeout. But I mean. You tell me Soler hit three home runs today. I mean, I'm not shocked, and he's 4,100. Dozier's 4,400. You could uh, maybe, obviously, you could play Gordon from the left side at 3,700 as a salary relief. Cuthbert is much better against lefties than he is to righties, but he's only 3,100. O'Hearn hit two home runs today. He's 2,500. Uh, and then the bottom of the order is garbage, but, I mean, if you need to fit in a shortstop, you got Nicky Lopez catcher Valoria 2,800 if you're building a five-man stack it's just that it's cheap like I could play I don't think the Royals will be popular enough and cheap enough where you can play a gray May team and throw in an O'Hearn or throw in a Gordon or throw in a Nicky Lopez or a Valoria and make that stack work and have a decent enough lineup I honestly Ryan O'Hearn at 2,500 like just patiently been waiting for this kid to start hitting hard again. Like we saw it last year, he got called up last year and he was just crushing the ball. We know like I I'm completely throwing out that 135 ISO. He struggled this year. Okay. That's fine. He had a 393 ISO last season. Like we know he has power. Like the raw power is there for 2,500. Um, I, I like the O'Hearn call. Don't mind potentially looking at some of these cheaper guys. And I like Solaire's upside on any slate. He's one of my tournament guys just about every day. Arizona at San Francisco. We got Alex Young against Tyler Beatty. Um, oh, are we getting Beatty? I thought we are getting Derek Rodriguez. Every site, there's like one site that's showing um, Derek Rodriguez, but all the sites are showing Beatty. Um, and I checked MLB. Uh, and MLB.com has BD as well. So I look at it's kind of the same to me. Yeah. Like Rodriguez pitched Wednesday and BD pitched Tuesday last week. So like it, it seems like normal day for BD. But anyway, um, Alex Young, I don't like Alex Young. I, I've been down the road with Alex Young. 
But I, I think he's a very playable SP2 today. He's pitching at home. He's facing San Francisco, one of the worst teams in baseball against right-handed pitching or left-handed pitching. You know, it's a it's a massive ballpark upgrade for Alex Young. So, he's in play. No, I agree with you. I mean, but I view him as a very similar pitcher. Not, I mean, in like upside is like Jason Vargas. Like, I don't expect him to come out and – and strike out eight guys. Give me 15 but, points. Right. Well, that's all you're looking for. I mean, the best bats in the Giants lineup are lefties. Yastrzemski, Dickerson, Belt, Crawford even. I mean, Scooter Jeanette, not really. But, I mean, I mean, you have to what, worry about Longoria. That's about Pilar, Buster Posey. I mean, and, and especially with the ballpark advantage for fly balls. Uh, I don't see a, a lot of upside with Young, but – if you play him and everyone else in that range goes busto, I mean, he'll be the last one standing. I'm definitely going to be having more young in my player pool than Giants, but it's not. It's it's the same thing I view as like Jason Vargas. It's like if I get ten percent of him, I get ten percent. Yeah, um, the other side of this game, Tyler Beatty's fifty one hundred. He can throw a hundred pitches. Um, I, I, you know, taking taking words out of your mouth here, like. He hasn't been throwing 100 pitches because he's been awful. And, you know, if he's awful here, he probably doesn't throw 100 pitches. But he's 5,100. If I'm looking for 15 out of 7,400, I'm looking for like 12, 10 out of 5,100 and saving that extra couple thousand bucks. And I think that a lot of this team is left-handed power, and we know that this ballpark is one of the worst ballparks, if not the worst ballpark in baseball for left-handed power. So – like let's let's take a shot, right? Like the the kid has strikeout stuff. We we saw it in the AAA. We've seen it a little bit at glimpses this season. Like he's fifty one hundred, Blender. No, I you're you're talking like me now. He's fifty one hundred. He can throw a hundred pitches, ninety pitches even. Uh, uh, Peralta probably is not not going to be in as a, a good power lefty. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I I look at the the Diamondbacks lineup and like the their best bats are like five K level. And, like, do I want to play them in San Francisco? No. So, if I'm not going to play them, I might as well play some Beatty. So, like, at 5,100, I think uh, uh, him plus Gray is going to be a very popular – or whoever, even if Derek Rodriguez was the start. I mean, whatever it was. Like, same thing with Musgrove at 6K. Like, the Gray, the stud scrub with a medium price stack is probably going to be the chalky build on DraftKings. So – if you're going to do grade and gray and beady, like try pay up, pay up for like three expensive one-offs or pay up for an expensive stack with three cheap one-offs. Do something where like you look at it and go, who wouldn't do this? Well, well, you're not going to be this, this uh, GPP for DraftKings uh, today is uh, $8, I think 36,000 entries. So you're going to pretty much need the nuts on a seven game slate. So try not to do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. I hear you. Um, and, and, like, honestly, like, BD's a guy that a lot of people don't play. So, we'll see what his ownership looks like. But I'd be shocked if it gets over, like, 15%. So I think it'll be higher. At 5,100, him and Musgrove will split whatever the cheap pitcher ownership is. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, seeing that I have a lot of interest in him at 5,100. You know, you talked about Peralta went on IL this weekend. So that takes out one of their left-handed bats. You know, they still have Dyson, Marte, Escobar at the top. And 
even though this ballpark's terrible for home runs, like Dyson's a guy, if he hits a ball in the gap, he's standing on third base, if not scoring. So it's not the easiest spot in the world, but he's 5,100. Um, Arizona bats, you know, with the, with the IL move for Peralta, like Rojas should be in there. Um, he's not been great at the major league level so far, but when you're looking for value, 2,400 for an outfielder that can run, like he has wheels, you know, he, he stole, oh, I'm going to look it up. I'll let you give me your thoughts here, but I'm going to look up. I'm pretty sure it was like 20 bags in AAA with Houston before they moved him. Well, I'm pretty sure if, if Rojas is in the lineup at 2,400, he will show up. He will be a cash outfielder play. Same thing, like we said with Grissom, he shows up in the Brewers lineup. Uh, my, I'm not saying it's a bad play. I'm saying that he's, it's going to show up. A, it's going to it's going to be the optimizer play. So if you're building a lot of lineups, if you're using lineup HQ, Rojas is probably going to project. I mean, I can't see him not projecting for at least six points. He's going to he's going to be the highest point per dollar play. I think O'Hearn's going to be up there. So. If you don't want a lot of him as a one-off, just lower his projection so you get him less often or just leave him if you want to play Diamondback stacks. Just understand that a lot of people, a lot of people, not just on Lineup HQ, there are other sites out there that have similar projections and people use optimizers and they don't adjust stuff and they just give, they take whatever it gives. So you can easily see Josh Rojas be 14% owned 16% don't as a one-off like it, like it's fine in a stack, but as a one-off, like maybe you want to fade a 16% guy that is trying to hit home runs in San Francisco. Yeah. And uh, I did look it up really quick. He has 20 stolen bases in 61 games in AAA this season. So kid will run 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Um, I, I expect him to be popular. 2,400. He's going to be popular. Let's just let's just throw that out there. No, in cash, play him. I mean, I agree with that completely. I'm just – like, if you don't want to play Diamondback stacks, like, either X him out or lower his projection or cap him some way, yeah. or you're going to be looking and wondering why you have 42% of them. <laughs> um, is there anything else on Arizona that you like here? You can play Longoria at 4,200. Why not? I mean, that they're, they're not going to be owned. And, uh, I mean, if they throw out some – if they like Tyler Austin, is he healthy? Uh, he got he he got designated for assignment like a month oh, ago. Oh, okay. So he sucks now. Okay. Uh, Austin, what, Slater is it? I mean, that, they're all horrible. But I could see playing any of them as like a one-off. But, I mean, it's a bad ballpark. I mean, th- there's no total in this game. But it's primarily because like Beattie or Rodriguez or whatever is not in yet. Uh, I don't expect it to be very high. So uh, I'm not playing Alex Dickerson lefty-lefty at 5,300 or Yastrzemski at 51. I mean, these prices are stupid. So feel free. If you want to play guys at 1% owned, that's fine. But uh, I'd rather play other guys in better spots at 5K at 1%. There are other guys that are that that will be 1% owned at that price or in better spots. Um, and, again, FanDuel Rojas is min salary over there. So, you know, we, it'd be really easy to make Sunny Gray lineups on FanDuel. Um, the giant side of things, uh, you know, just to stay with Fandle really quick, like Slater is kind of expensive on, on DraftKings, but he's 2,600 on Fandle. He's probably my favorite bat from the, the Giants lineup. Pilar is always a little interesting against lefties, but I don't get excited when games are in San Francisco. Like, you know, you're, you're hoping for one home run of the entire game and trying to get it right. 
Just make sure you get it right. I guess. <laughs> Anything you like for the Giants here? No, I just said like it's it's. How do you pay these prices? Their best hitters are lefties. They're facing a lefty, and they're expensive. Move on. Tyler Austin signed a deal with the Brewers too. That's crazy. Minor league contract. So, uh, Dodgers and Padres. Dustin May against Eric Lauer. Eight and a half total. May is a one fifty two favorite. Um, yeah, like Dustin May. We we've kind of talked about it a bunch. Like in cash. You're probably trying to make a Sunny Gray, Dustin May team and using some of the value guys that we talked about um, in tournaments. I, I like the potential of paying down and loading up on some extra bats, but Dustin May is in a good spot here, facing a bunch of righties. He, he's shown plenty of ability to strike righties out and limit the damage. So I, I, I like Gray here. And without Tatis in the Padres lineup, like Greg Garcia is their leadoff hitter. Like you're just not scared of this lineup. Like it, it took a huge hit. Also realized that Dustin May throws pitches to be more of a ground ball pitcher. So even though you're not going out and although the Padres have a higher strikeout rate, I don't think May's going to go out and strike out 10 guys. Uh, but he could strike out four and only give up one hit. The primary concern I have with him, if anything, would be pitch count. Whether or not like Roberts is going to let him pitch 100, I don't think so. I think his, his cap is maybe 90-ish. But, I mean, he could still pitch six innings, 90 pitches against the Padres. The Padres have a 3.8 implied run total. So, like, I prefer May to Keller. I prefer May to Vargas. I prefer May to anyone else in this range. Uh, it's a great ballpark to pitch in. And, I mean, I, there's nothing wrong whatsoever. I mean, I don't, I don't think San Diego kills him. Yeah, and you got to remember, like, his last time out against Atlanta was out of the bullpen. And I have said this so many times. It is not normal for a starting pitcher to come out of the bullpen. As somebody that used to pitch, I was terrible when I came out of the bullpen. Like, you just don't get the same kind of workout, warm-up, everything that you're used to. So, I'm, I'm completely overlooking that two-inning outing out of the bullpen for May. And um, liking the fact that, like, they've given him eight days off here. So, um the other side of this game, Eric Lauer. We like lefties against the Dodgers more, but Lauer's just been bad this year. Like, he, he's just – I'm not playing Lauer against the Dodgers here. No, and also, like, the, even the, the – like, Muncie and Bellinger aren't really that bad hitters against lefties. And, and and Lauer's not a strikeout lefty. It's not like a Robbie Ray. It's not like a, like a, a pitcher where, like, he's gonna, just going to blow the ball by them. Like, they're going to be able to make contact. And then there are other hitters. I mean, like, Justin Turner – I mean, Taylor, Kiki Hernandez in the line. I mean, they're a good-hitting team. They, they have a 4.8 implied run total. I don't see a need at 6,700. I'll just play Tyler Beattie at that point. Like, I think that the, 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 the point total that Lauer could get, like, you could get for 1,700 less. You could get for 700 less against Musgrove. I just, I just don't see a need to pay for Lauer. Um, bats here, the Dodgers side of things like Will Smith is probably going to be 3% on, on this slate because of how pitching is going to work out. I, I hate paying up for catcher, but he's really interesting as a contrarian catcher play the catcher in the next game as well that we're going to talk about, like paying up for catcher is really super, super interesting to me on the slate. And I always hate paying up for catcher, but like Smith is interesting. You know, you mentioned Taylor and Kiki, 
the only issue that I ever have with playing either one of those guys is you're always worried about them getting pinch hit for. Um, with Jock potentially probably being on the bench here, with Pollock batting leadoff, like they have the lefty waiting. Like Jock Peterson's waiting, so it, it's always a pinch hit risk for those guys. But they're 4,200 facing Lauer. They're interesting. Right. Same for Pollock at 4,400. I think I'm not necessarily in love with a a Dodgers stack with Smith and Bellinger being, you know, and Muncie being over 5K. But, I mean, I think you could get get one or two power bats, and any of these guys could hit a home run, even in San Diego against Lauer. But, I mean, Lauer's not the type of pitcher that gets hit up for, for nine runs and gives up four home runs. So, like, for these prices, I don't, just don't think the upside of a five-man stack is worth it. Yeah, um the Padres side of things, like if May's not on, you know, Machado, Renfro, probably be the two guys that I'd probably take shots on. But I, I like the prices on those two guys. They're, they're not like overly expensive here. Renfro's 4,100, Machado's 4K. Like if you're looking for a vomit stack against a very popular pitcher, like you should be all over this one, Jordan. You get me now. You get me. Got the two thumbs up here. I'm working with you long enough now. (laughs) Yeah, you're learning. You're learning how I play. If Dustin May is going to be 30-plus percent owned, I will have the most amount of Padres exposure in comparison to their ownership on this entire slate because of that fact combined with their price. So, yeah, it's the two things. Like, if they were, like, 4,500 each, then I don't get the best of both worlds. So, like, if Dustin May is projected to be over 30% and I could get a, a Padre stack at under 20K, because look at these prices. Mejia spills a catcher spot at 3,900. I could play Greg Garcia in a stack. I'm not expecting 20 points from him. But if he fills a second base spot and he leads off at home, okay, that's fine. I could play one of Naylor or Margot. I could play Hosmer at first base. I could play Machado at either short or third. I mean, it's a very versatile stack against – and they're going to be lower owned because May is going to be owned. I could play Keller instead of May in the same exact lineup that I could play Padres. And the thing is, is that, uh, you know, when we talked about like the chalk vomit stack type of lineup is gray May. Well, in a gray May lineup, there aren't going to be five Padres bats because you would never be that stupid to play five bats against your own pitcher. So I don't have to worry about any of that anymore. So yes, it is a lower probability play. But if May does get hit up enough, I'm not saying that he gets killed, but he gives you eight points and the Padres score five runs off of him and then three more off of, off of the bullpen. Like on a seven-game slate, it's quite possible that a team that scores eight runs is the highest-scoring team on the slate. So why can't it be the Padres? No, I like the, the leverage on the ownership too. And you know, it acts like a Padres Brewers stack where you're not worried about the Brewers ownership and still getting Sonny Gray. Um, it, you know, that's all very doable with the Padres pricing. So, yeah, I, I get it. You know, the the tournament life here for sure. Um, last game in the game, last game on the slate, we got the Yankees and the Mariners. Jay Happ against Tommy Malone. Malone will probably have an opener. I know it hasn't been announced yet, but every time he pitches, he has an opener. It'd probably be like Whistler or somebody. Um, Jay Happ here. He's facing Seattle. Their strikeout upside against Seattle. He put up 26 fantasy points against this team earlier this season. We know the upside's there. Seattle, in my opinion, is better against lefties than they are against righties. You know, they they have all these righties that can kind of throw in there, but 
like they're probably still going to have Smith, Crawford, Vogelbach, Kyle Seeger, all those guys in there. And as bad as Hap has been against righties this season, he's been really good against lefties. I, I view Hap as a play where if – I'm not sure cash-wise, but, like, if he's projected to be under 15% owned on a seven-game slate – like, I don't, I don't mind playing him instead of May, especially if I'm going to do the whole I'm going to stack the Padres against him and play like a half Sonny Gray lineup. But I think people are, may look at the le- so many lefties. Oh, there's so many lefties in this Mariners lineup. But the lefties also have power. The problem with J.A. Happ is that he throws the ball and then the batter hits it and it goes 700 feet. So, like uh, – I'm not sure if the stack is in play on the Mariners' side. I know I'm talking talking about bats here. But just don't look at like, oh, they're going to throw seven lefties at a left-hander and Happ is going to have a day of it. Now he could because they do have decent K rates, but it really isn't as low as you think when it comes to like like Seager, Murphy, Vogelback, like the middle of that lineup like has a lower K rate than you think against lefties and a much higher ISO. So just understand what you're getting into with Hap, that he could come out and he could strike nine guys out. He could also give up nine runs in two innings. Tommy Malone on the other side of this game, less than 20% K rate against righties, 241 ISO. We have – when you're facing – when you're facing the Yankees, you need to have strikeout pitchers. Um, he can strike out lefties. Uh, don't get me wrong on that. But he just doesn't strike – what, Kershaw had 12 strikeouts on Sunday against the Yankees. He's a strikeout pitcher. Tommy Malone pitches the contact and tries to generate ground balls, and he's giving up more fly balls with the ball juice this year. I cannot play Tommy Malone knowing that he doesn't really have that strikeout pitch against righties. Absolutely, and there are better pitchers for cheaper prices anyway. So, to me, it's a pass completely. Um, as far as bats in this game for the Yankees, Aaron Judge still forty six hundred. Um, you know, I, I get updates on on batted ball stuff all the time on my phone because I like notify myself with that just because I like to see. And Judge is when he's hitting the ball right now, he's making a lot of hard contact. So. Him facing a pitcher that really doesn't have that strikeout stuff against righties, 4,600 for Judge. Um, I think he's cash game. I think he's a great play just in general today. I think the Yankees stack is cheaper than the Brewers stack because you don't get the most expensive bats. And you're going to pay up a catcher, which is probably going to be contrarian. If you're going to play a type of lineup where it's like Gray and Beatty, this is like a mid to high range stack that you can play. I think that uh, depending on the lineup, like Ursula, Urshela, Ursula, one of those, 4,300. I think that's not bad at third base for the context of this slate. If you're going to stack playing LeMahieu, 4,900. He's second base eligible. Sanchez at 4,800. Uh, like Labor Torres is a little expensive at 5,100 for shortstop. I mean, I'd rather not play Didi if he's in the lineup lefty lefty. But like, I'm more inclined against Malone to play like a three-man, like get the three home runs and get out of there, than than play the whole stack. But I wouldn't blame you if you if you if you played all five of them. It just you're gonna have to make concessions with the other three bats or at least one of your pitchers to do so. 
Yeah, I like the three-man on both sides of this game. Like, I, I like the idea of a three-man on the Yankee side, and I like the man, like a three-man idea on the Seattle side. Like, we know that, you know, Nola, ever since he's gotten called up, he's been really bad against righties, or not even really bad against righties, but he's been a lot better uh, against lefties. We know the upside of Tom Murphy. We, we've said it so much that he's faced so many lefties recently that we're looking at a $5,100 price tag for him with Gary Sanchez, 48 on the other side. Which one, are, if you're paying up a catcher, which one are you clicking today? Are you clicking Gary Sanchez at 48 or are you clicking Murphy? Me, personally, I'm clicking Murphy. I, I actually think that Murphy has a little bit more upside than Sanchez on this slate. So, and he's going to be lower owned. I, I think that Sanchez would be a lot more popular if people are paying up a catcher. You mentioned, you know, lefty-lefty, Seager, another guy you could potentially look at here. And then your value guy, um, Lopes. Like, he, he should be in the lineup here. He's 3,300, probably going to bat sixth or seventh here. Um, maybe they give J.P. Crawford the day off and we get Lopes in, in the one or two hole. Like, you know, he, he's your cheap guy you're looking at in this lineup. No, and I think especially for people that are not playing May, they may play some Hap which may lower the ownership of some of these, even the cheaper Marlins, uh, the Mariners. And I even even Vogelback at 4,300, batting even sixth lefty-lefty. I mean, the, the thing about Hap is that, yeah, he's good against lefties, but, like, he gives up a lot of power to both sides of the plate. So, like, like I'll play power guys lefty-lefty when they show to have, like, 200-plus ISO, even against lefties, against a pitcher that gives up too much hard contact against lefties. So I'm not scared. It's the same thing I say about Austin Meadows with the Rays. Like, if, if, if Jason Vargas, oh, I can't play. No, well, he gives up so much hard contact and whatever. So, like, don't be necessarily scared of these bats, even though J.A. Happ is a lefty. Yeah, and, like, Kyle Seeger, like, honestly, he's been good against lefties his whole career. So it's not just a – one-year sample for him to be good lefty-lefty. Um, all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Under 8K. Can, can we use the 3 p.m. core? Can we do the opposite? Can we include cores? No. <laughs> Why are they playing at 3 o'clock? That game has massive weather, too. Like, that game might not start until 7 o'clock. Uh, under, under 8K. Oh, can I can I say no one? <laughs> I, I uh, give me a guy that gets six strikeouts. Come on, there's there's a couple. Okay, I'm I'll gonna have to say Hap. Yeah, he he was probably my favorite too. When you're looking for just strikeouts, um, you know, honestly, I think the next best guy is probably Pablo Lopez. Um. He he's he has probably the higher K rate out of all these guys that are down here. So I'll take Pablo Lopez um, over eight K to score. Wainwright, well, before you even finish the sentence, but yeah. you know I'm just jumping in. Wainwright is not going to get that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take Geo. Um, same game. Just those guys are priced pretty high today. Um, over four K to hit a home run. Oh, okay, it's not. A, it's. I don't think it's, this is going to be that high scoring of a slate, really. I mean, if you take a look at the totals, it re, it really isn't. But uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the anti revenge, uh, Solaire. All right, I'm gonna take Yelich. Um, did not hit a home run for me in my survivor pool last week. All week. Yelich, no home runs. I, I do not like Wainwright today. So I'm going to take Yelich. 
to get his first home run in over a week. <laughs> um, under 4K to get two hits. I'm going to go a little – I'm, I'm going to go along with my contrarian type of thing. I'm going to go with Eric Hosmer because he doesn't have to hit a home run, but I think maybe he gets two Babbitt-type uh, hits off of me. All right, I'm going to go really risky because there's a really good chance this guy, if he does get the crack in the starting lineup, he does not get to play the whole game. But uh, I'm going to go Corey Spannenberg for Milwaukee. Got called up over the weekend. He's been crushing the ball at AAA. Uh, he's 3,700. He's a shortstop. Hopefully they give him the day and they give RC the day off. But I'm going to go Spannenberg. Um, he worked his way back up to the majors. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more. Uh, well, it's not going to be the Marlins. <laughs> I don't know. If it, it's quite possible that none of these st- – it, it, it's quite possible the correct answer is none. But the one that's going to have the most likelihood of scoring that many points uh, – I'll, I'll hedge my I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on the full Musgrove, so I'll take the Phillies. I like that one. Uh, I'm not going to say the Brewers because I feel like that's cheating. I feel like they have the best probability of getting there today. Uh, I'm going to kind of go off the board a little bit today and say Seattle um, gets six or more against Hap. So, so hopefully, like you said, hopefully people play Hap. And, again, I, I really – if I play five teams, I'll probably have at least one Hap team. But I'll definitely have at least one Seattle three-man today as well if I play five. So, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? What I can't wait for tomorrow is uh, 7.12 p.m. Eastern time in the Discord, which if you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, you should be in. In the Discord, when Neil Walker hits a home run off of Sonny Gray and everyone's tilting. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, we're going to get out of here. I hope everyone has an awesome Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.